A decade after a start of a federally-backed effort to establish electronic health records, most medical establishments have them. But systems still don't communicate easily with one another, and that means neither patients nor health care providers are realizing the full potential of EHRs. Now, a major D.C. think tank has issued a long series of recommendations for fixing that lack of interoperability. Joining me with highlights, Bipartisan Policy Center fellow Janet Marchabroda. Janet, great to have you in. Good morning, Tom. It's great to be with you. And we should say you've been following this for a long time. I mean, you spent time at one of the major electronic health record providers and also at Health and Human Services. Absolutely. We've been working on this issue for a long time. And as you mentioned, uh, with the High Tech Act passing about 10 years ago, you know, now we have almost every doctor and hospital in America uses an electronic health record. But as you mentioned, uh, for the most part, they're not interoperable. And that's really important because we don't get care from the same institution. We go to many hospitals and doctors. With them being non-interoperable, then basically it's almost as if it's the same level of communication that we had with paper records. You have to hand carry information from one place to the other, or a doctor has to call another one, or you have to call a doctor and say, hey, this guy prescribed this, make sure it's on my record there. That's right. And usually that information sharing doesn't happen for the most part. I think one in 10 office-based physicians are actually using, finding, searching, using information from other provider settings. But what about at the institutional level where you have major healthcare groups? Is it better there, say Kaiser talking to, you know, Cigna or that type of thing? Actually, Kaiser Permanente does this pretty well. And I think the reason because the reason for that is that many of the services, the lab services, pharmacy and the like, are all in one place. But most of the rest of the healthcare system isn't like that. And you asked about hospitals. I mentioned 10% of office-based physicians, but the number is a little bit higher for hospitals. It's 40%. Okay, so the Bipartisan Policy Center did some pretty heavy convening to come up with interoperability recommendations. Give us the highlights. That's right. Uh, BPC, we worked with an organization called the Healthcare Leadership Council and uh, worked with more than 100 leaders cutting across physicians, um, hospitals, health systems, technology companies, and we came up with a set of private and public sector actions to advance interoperability to solve the problem that we just talked about. Let's start with the private sector because I guess you have to incentivize healthcare record providers who like proprietary qualities because it locks in their customers and ups their profits really versus some kind of an open source system. So what are the recommendations for that crowd? So Tom, you know, first of all, we recognized we couldn't boil the ocean. We had to start somewhere. So we focused on two priority areas, bringing information to the point of care so our clinicians were well-informed in treating us, and then giving ourselves access to our own information. So recommendations in four areas, improving the business case, which means getting technology vendors to work with their providers to build this into contract language. Number two, addressing standards. And this is where it's very similar uh, to some HHS proposed rules that were issued the same week as our report um, using open APIs. And we can talk more about that. Uh, The third area of recommendation was really about policy issues and aligning some of our giving a notice of information access to all of us so it's not confusing 
in terms of accessing this information and aligning with HIPAA. And then finally, leadership. We did a lot of work around leadership in this report. All right. So the providers then getting to that question of APIs, then they could still have all of the unique functions that they're able to build in and sell to their clients, their healthcare providers. But with the right APIs and data structures, at least the data could be exported from one place to another and imported by a competing system. Is that the general idea? That's right. And one of the primary recommendations in our report was to use these open APIs. And by the way, if you took a ride-sharing service when you came to work this morning, same stack, you know, modern computing APIs to enable that information to flow. That was one of our key recommendations. And what about the public policy side? So, you know, what we found is consumers, all of us, when we meet our, when we visit our doctors, we have the right to access our information. HIPAA actually gives us that right, but it's confusing on how to do it. So we call for having a common notice of information access practices. And then there are a couple of things. Um, We've got some variability in privacy laws, and that makes it hard for providers, technology companies that work across state lines. We'd like to see some harmonization of that. We're speaking with Janet Marchabroda. She's a fellow at the Bipartisan Policy Center. And what do you envision the direct federal role and which agencies might be involved in boosting interoperability? Well, what was really terrific, and we at our event where we released the report, National Coordinator at HHS Don Rucker, Dr. Don Rucker, joined us. Um, proposed rules were issued the same week as our report. They came out from CMS, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and the Office of the National Coordinator. And, you know, when you think about it, what does the government do? And and actually, you see this in the proposed rules. They also call for advancing the use of open APIs, standards-based APIs across the system. And then um, there was another provision around fully implementing the information blocking provisions. So for technology organizations or hospitals that want to block uh, information sharing, they help to address that. And just a technical question, can existing record systems for the most part be retrofitted or be upgraded in a way that they could meet these new standards should they come about? So the good news about open APIs and actually the federal government and our report talk about something called HL7 FIRE, F-H-I-R, an acronym for you. It's standards-based, and regardless of the legacy system that you're working with, they can all implement the same API so you can pull data out in the same way and be absorbed by another system. And the Veterans Affairs Department and the Pentagon are enmeshed up to their necks in putting in what they hope will be the same brand and interoperable electronic health record. I personally think it's going to be 25 years before they finish. But to your knowledge, does that system, the Cerner system, which is pretty widely used, is that party to all of this? And will it fit the model that you envision? Absolutely. Actually, Cerner, along with several other large EHR companies like Epic, were involved in the development of our report, and its CEO is actually quoted in the report. So heavily involved, were um, involved with our event, and very much supports interoperability. What has to happen next to operationalize all of these recommendations? As you say, rulemaking has been proposed by HHS. You have a pretty major report with some good bona fides involved there. How do you, how does this all come together now? I'm glad you asked. So when we talk about the business case, there's some tactical things that need to be done, and HLC has agreed to move some of this forward. So we need to pull together providers and technology companies to come up with some standard 
technological requirements that could make their way into contracts. This is in the private sector. So that's one concrete next step. And something I didn't talk about when we talked about leadership, we spent a lot of time with HHS. We think as a country we need to measure national progress on how we're doing and put it front and center And that's something we plan to do. So monitor how we're doing every year and then work with the public sector on that. And then that will catalyze action where we have gaps. And how do you measure and monitor interoperability? Because there are so many systems, so many implementations throughout the country. So HHS actually does some measurement today. So they measure whether hospitals are exchanging data with other organizations and the same with physician practices. In our vision, more data, data from different sources needs to flow, whether it's from laboratories, pharmacies, health plans, and even patients themselves. So we're going to need to build on the current measures that HHS already uses to implement new ones. And we think the private sector can play a key role. And does this report, does these recommendations envision ultimately a patient-centered view of all of this? Say you're a veteran and you have a dentist here and an orthopedist here and so on, that those records would somehow understand that they have someone in common and in a safe, secure way exchange information automatically. So, Tom, that's what's really exciting about our report and also about the proposed rules issued by HHS. They're very patient-centric. And you think about it, open APIs for every other part of our economy, not only in the U.S., but in the world, they're used for cell phones or smartphones. And now with these changes, we'll be able to bring health information to all of us as individuals using those open APIs. Janet Marchabroda is a fellow at the Bipartisan Policy Center. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. We'll post a link to that report and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive when you want and on your device at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.